Hey, welcome back everybody. Today we talk about the Mets playing around, the true nature of a man, and interracial dating. All that on the Ty Digger Show. Let's go. Hey, welcome back, everybody. On September 22nd, look alive, people. Fall is now here. Cooler temperatures. The sun's going down a lot earlier. It's getting dark around these parts. Um, actually, 6.30 right now at this moment. It'll be dark in another hour here around, around these parts. And while that doesn't seem as weird to you, but when you've been used to the sun being up until... 8.30, 8.45, darn near close to 9 o'clock. Like, it's just kind of weird in the falling temperatures and stuff like that. It's always a special time of year because it signals um, a change. Um, we're going from warm, nice, sunny days to the days getting colder, darker, earlier, and a little bit more drearier, um, especially if it's cold. Cold rain is the worst to be in, by the way. And we're starting to look forward to the winter months and flu season. So make sure you get your flu shots, especially um, with COVID still running rapid and keeping us in. Um, keep the social distancing up. And, you know, I've just been looking around. It's like, I wonder, do most people, do people believe the pandemic is over? Like, you're seeing people in cities and then big environments and crowds and they're kissing all on each other and doing God knows what and other people standing around with no mask on and like it, it bothers me because I want to get out of this. I want off this ride now. You know, things got to get back to normal, but I'm not interested in risking nobody's life just to get things back to normal. You know, I want you guys to be safe. Um, I want the kids to be safe, you know, it's interesting when I hear people talking about, you know, they care for the kids and think about the kids, but you're willing to send them into a school in the middle of a pandemic 
where, you know, kids already are germ uh, collectors, germ machines. And um, yeah, you just end up, you're just going to continue to end up spreading a whole lot of stuff around and endangering young kids. So, you know, let's keep everybody out of school. If we, if honestly, if we sat down for a few months, real sit down, not sit down and complain about having to wear a mask or complain that you can't go get your hair cut, you know, grow out those froze, those locks, whatever you got to do. Hey, we're all suffering right now. You know what I'm saying? And to get this, we're all going to have to sacrifice something to get through all this. So that's just my opinion. Um, and if we don't get it together, we're going to be here next year at this time talking about, oh, we're stuck in the house. So pick what you're going to sacrifice, which month you're going to sacrifice, because you're going to have to give up a couple months, period. No traveling, no sneaking around. You're going to have to give up that time, you know. And another thing as the fall gets here, we get to um, the World Series, Major League Baseball playoffs. Um, I, unfortunately, I have to say the Mets probably won't be a part of that. And even if they win out, they're going to need some luck. And I just don't see the Mets winning seven games in a row. Okay. I, I simply don't see it happening. So I divorce myself from that fantasy. But um, new ownership is uh, coming in. So maybe something would change because I think the Mets have been one of the biggest teases in all major league sports. Like, we haven't been bad as the Browns have been bad. Like there's some time sprinkled in. And when you look at that championship roster, you think, oh, this is a team that can play for a couple more World Series titles. You know, the window is not exactly shut down. But it either through injuries, um, who thought Cespedes was going to break down in 2016, 17, 18, 19? Who, who they let Dan Murphy, Daniel Murphy walk because of a few errors. I mean, yeah, his glove wasn't Ray Ordonez, but that bat was definitely a lot better than any other hitter that you had in that lineup. Maybe he didn't have Cespedes or Conforto's power, but his bat, his, he got base hits. He got on base. You know, that's what he did he had a great swing he's one of the better he was one of the better hitters on that team for average um and more one of the more consistent hitters on the team you know and they just simply let him walk i mean and i've talked ad nauseum about 2000 and when they let, screwed the pooch on uh a rod and we talked about 86 when they let mitchell dykstra and a couple other of those guys walked. They just didn't keep the team together, you know, for one dumb reason or the other. So it always feel like we get to the top with the Mets and think that something great is going to happen. And then they do something stupid and it all comes back downhill. Fortunately, maybe Steve Cohen is going to put some baseball people there. Maybe he doesn't maybe he doesn't have a son that he's just going to automatically name his second in command. Like, he's going to have people who know the sport around, and the Mets are going to have money where they can get quality free agents to come in, you know. So let's um, hope that they, that they go that route. Um, but 
all that with all that being said, the Will Ponds selling the team is a blessing. It's a victory in itself. Okay. Um, pro football started. Uh, it's going to be a long season for uh, the Panthers. Um, it's going to be a long season for the Panthers. And what's going to make it even longer is that I think Cam Newton is going to have an amazing year in New England. And it's eventually going to come back to us. You know, it's eventually it's going to come back because the jokes are going to come flying. And heaven forbid they win a Super Bowl while he's there. Heaven forbid that he leads them to a Super Bowl because I'm liable just to uh, end my fandom with the Panthers if that happened. Like, I'm just going to move on and wait for another team. I I just can't take it no more. I'm not dealing. I, I deal with this with the Mets. I'm not dealing with this nonsense with another team. Like, one of my professional teams got to win the championship. And the only professional team that has done it recently has been the Carolina Hurricanes out of all teams. Um, I pretty much decided that the Hornets are never going to win. Um, the Mets might have, might be the best long-term shot. Um, the Panthers, uh, I don't think that, I don't think they're going to get another generational talent like Cam Newton. I mean, they're about to waste, um, McCaffrey's career. So I, I, what are the odds that you get another Cam Newton? What are the odds that you get another Julius Peppers? What are the odds that you get another Luke Keekley, um, Steve Smith, um, like I said, Cam Newton, uh, McCaffrey? What are the odds that you get one of those guys again? One of those guys actually gets drafted and come to you. Not first-round picks, not and not even good first-round picks. I'm talking about guys who can do eight ton of things on the field um i'm talking about guys who make that side of the ball that much better because the fact that they're there um so it'll be interesting moving forward all right so when we come back we're gonna dip into interracial dating on the ty digger show stay tuned Hey, everybody, welcome back. And um, as promised, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, interracial dating. Um, first, um, I guess I have to give a little backstory about myself. Um, I was definitely one of those brothers that was against it um, in my younger days. Um, I definitely didn't see the um, purpose of it. I didn't see it being worth the headache. Um, keep in mind, I grew up in North Carolina, so maybe my maybe my views of it is a lot different than um, somebody else would be. And um, I definitely want to say that I was wrong at that time. So I definitely meant to be wrong because at the end of the day, um, you love who you love. You know that that's the one constant thing. You love somebody that's not your same race. Um, you love somebody that's the same gender. You might love somebody that's a different religion. The heart can't help when you um, match up with a person, when you meet that person that you feel that is a soulmate um, to you. So I definitely won't get in the way of that. But 
One of the things I've um, noticed about interracial dating is um, it's on both sides. On one side, the people who are dating interracially, um, I feel like they're using it to get back at somebody. Um, it might have been somebody, it might have been a black dude who was, um, for lack of a better term, might have been considered. He, well, let me say this. In his in his eyes, he felt like people thought he was corny. Um, and it might, might, it might just be this person's hard to deal with. Um, this person might be disrespectful, uh, what have you. Whatever reason, he does not date. He does not get a chance to date a lot of sisters. And he feels like white women gives him a chance to be more of a man. Uh, white women don't demand all your money. White women come with their own. White women pick you because of who you are in on the inside versus about what you make. Um, and even in some cases, which is pretty harmful itself, white women are considered docile. Um, Asian women are considered more docile than black women. And that's wild because women are women. Um, you, you can look at any race and find negative desires that you will you you'll find a woman who does not who's not compatible with you because of her personality um there are white women who aren't docile there are asian women who are not docile there are um women who would date you just based on what you have versus what's in on the inside and black women vice versa who will love you for who you are you know the question to ask these brothers is it the fact that there's no black women who love you who you are, or there's no those black women that you actually want. You know, maybe she you're saying she doesn't fit your mind of beauty. And, you know, you got to think about that. And I don't want to want you guys to go around having to trash black women to defend your decision to date white women. And I tell white people the same thing who date black people. You don't have to trash white women to date black women. You don't have to trash white men to date black men. You don't have to trash somebody of your own gender to date outside of your race. You can date outside of your race because of love. You know, and if there's people that don't rock with that, yo, you can't live to satisfy those people. Um, and what brings this rant on today is... Um, I saw a TikTok video and um, it was some African-American boys and they were dancing and they was they were doing a little run segment. And it was two categories, black woman and white woman. And all of them raced to white women. Now, again, this is not me saying white women are not good women or they're not worthy, but if you wanted to date white women, that's that's your prerogative. That's your choice. If you want to date a certain race, um, it looks like you're fetishizing them. So fetish, you know, fetishizing them. It's, it's still, again, it's your preference. But you can't get mad at women for wanting to date their preferences. 
you know, and you don't have to bash them to justify it. Nobody has to bash anybody to justify who they're fucking. You know, they don't. You, you just simply don't. You're doing what you do. But I want to get back to the brothers. Like, we don't have to continue to trash black women to justify dating somebody of another race because that doesn't mean you love that race either. You know, it's negative towards them when you do it. You know, it's negative towards all women when you do it. Because you're pretty much saying this group of women are too weak to deal with you or too weak and you can just dominate them and saying these women are too strong or considering their, their strength to be a negative against them. Saying they that you won't disrespect them, you're using as a weapon against them and you shouldn't be out to disrespect anybody. You should not be out to dominate anybody. And that's just your kink, then that's a that's a whole different show. But we don't have to rip each other to justify who we're dating because at the end of the day, we're still all in this fight together. You know, and I'm not the type of person to say just because a person's dating somebody white that they can't be a part of the struggle. You know, that that person's still black. You know, that person's still black. That person still can possibly have our best interests at heart, you know. You can still be part of the movement, you know, but know that you're dating a white woman, a white man. But at the end of the day, that doesn't disqualify you from being black. Look, I know more black people who are married to black other black people who are more detrimental to our cause than the interracial dating people. But um, also, um, I want to talk to the people who do date interracially. You know, because his his from the opposite side, and this could be negative too. For some reason, these people who date interracially believe that they have the key to love. And no, just because you're dating somebody of another color doesn't mean that you're more in tune to what love is than somebody else is. Somebody else who might be dating somebody of that same race. That no, that doesn't work like that. Like you have not unlocked the uh, up the elite tier of relationships just because the person that you're dating is not from your culture or your race like you're not more understanding of the human um community than anybody else so i definitely would like to see more people um stay away from that but you know if you ask me today again before i hit the commercial yo love who you want to love i'd be a hypocrite to tell you not to you know, um, love who you're going to be with, um, love who you want to be with, whether that person's a different race, same gender, um, different backgrounds, because although some people might disagree with me, I feel like love keeps a relationship going stronger than anything else. Like y'all can have millions of dollars. Yeah. The bills are taken care of, but the house is unhappy. And at the end of the day, I don't want anybody to be unhappy. All right. So when we come back, we're going to talk about those disloyal, dishonest, very bad Republicans coming up on the Ty Digger Show.
So, um, our good Republican friend Mitt Romney went and got his Trump uh, shine box today and stepped aside and said he would support whoever Trump puts in um, puts in candidate for um, for the Supreme Court justice for Ruth uh, Ginsburg's uh, spot. Um, for those of you who are in, you're probably living on a rock if um, if you don't know. Um, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, passed away Friday um, night at, um, of cancer at the age of uh, 87. And that immediately opened up her Supreme Court seat. Now, the GOP, who spent all of Obama's last term refusing to even nominate, refusing to even hear about a candidate during an election year, or when I can excuse me, about naming a justice during an election year because they said they should let the people um, vote. And, you know, on the surface, it sounds very moralistic. It sounds great, but you're talking about the Republican Party. And I'll, I'll be clear, there's not an honest one amongst them. Um, we all knew that if this was going to happen during Trump, even Lindsey Graham said if it happened during Trump's term that he would say, let's hold off until um, a new president or to after the election and whoever the president after the election gets to pick that um, justice. Um, all of them who said that have now basically uh, made it about face or had had a talking to with daddy Trump and Trump didn't like that idea at all. And Trump gave them their marching orders. So ne never talk to me about backbone in the Republican Party. Never, ever. You can, you, we're not having this conversation no more. I'm tired of having that conversation. Um, all I think people were asking is for them to live up to their words. You know, um, Obama should have got a chance to name a Supreme Court justice. He didn't because the Republican Senate refused to do so. And yes, I guess we can bang on the Democrats for a second, but honestly, at some point we got to get past that. At some point we got to start putting all the blame where it belongs with the GOP. You know, the only thing I would really get upset with the Democrats about is all during Obama's term, they played way too nice with them way too nice with the Republican Party. They made sure the Republican Party was on, was comfortable, made sure that they didn't feel like they was being abused. They didn't feel like they were being not listened to. They bent over backwards to satisfy that party when they had numbers, when they shouldn't. Um, that was pretty much their time to bury that party. And they didn't. And now we're dealing with a lot of men in that party who basically, and I doubt they had scruples in the first place. Let's let's be honest. Um, they didn't have, really have scruples like that in the first place. Take control of the party. You know, um, it, it, it's problematic to me. At the very least, I would like for them to stick by their words. Maybe, maybe they're going to make a fuss if the, uh, if Biden wins, maybe they'll try to walk it back. Maybe they 
keep that nominee from um, coming in. But the fact of the matter is remains that they should have, they should have did what they needed to do. Now they're suffering the consequences. Um, and I would think I would ask all for the Republicans just to stand by their word, but clearly they're not because Trump doesn't want them to. It doesn't benefit Trump. And I, I also think that they have an idea that Trump isn't going to win in, in November. And that that's a possibility. They don't think, they don't believe that it's all wrapped in the bag. There's no attack that they can send at Biden that will work on a uh, Kamala Harris or a um, Barack Obama. And even then, I don't think they could have done enough to beat um, Obama. But there's really no attack that they can, like they can throw at Hillary. They can't throw that at Biden. And for better or worse, a lot of it is because Biden is more to the middle than the average Democrat. Well, I think he is. I don't, um, I don't think he's a full-blown conservative, but I think if you look back at his record, it matches a lot of conservative values. Okay. And it'd be a hard sell trying to get somebody to believe that Biden is this super socialist dude, or he's going to take your guns or he's going to give the money to the black people. Like, and that's an ugly thing to say, but Biden doesn't, he, he doesn't fit those categories. He doesn't fit those attacks. Those attacks are fall short. Uh, with Biden. Uh, also, he's a white male. Uh, I hate to say this, he's a, he's a white male, so he does not threaten the establishment. Okay? And I've talked about the establishment. i talked about white men always being allowed to run for president, and a lot of that starts with us about tearing down our own um, nominees, but I'm not going to get on that, but for the most part, he, most part he's Trump's age, he's in his 70s, in his late 70s. And he's he he knows that America that votes for Trump. He can talk to that America that maybe a person of color or a woman can't even get in the room with some of these guys. So maybe they have a feeling that Trump's done for in uh, November. And it they also feel like it probably won't matter if as long as they get that uh, justice through and they can get a six, three majority in the, uh, in the Supreme court. Um, I know I've heard people talked about the Democrats maybe pushing for expansion of the court, I guess. Um, I, I've seen a lot of people that I do respect on this saying that while yes, they could, that's not an overnight thing. And that's what I was thinking. It was never, it was going to be an overnight thing, even if they could do that. I mean, they could muddy up things a little bit until November. They could do that, but it's going to take a concerted effort to even be able to get that off the ground. Um, it's going to take a lot of talking and to, to Republicans as well. It's going to take a lot of talking to people, maybe some tradeaways to be able to get that um, moving. Okay. So I wouldn't put all my eggs in that basket. Um, but what it really tells me, um, especially about men like Mitt Romney, um, these men simply have no principles. Um, a guy like Larry Hogan, who 
was totally against letting kids back into school in Maryland. Now all of a sudden is edging the districts on to get the kids back into school in the middle of a pandemic. And Hogan was super tough with Trump early on in this. And now he's getting pressure from the White House. He's getting pressure from the party to put people's lives at risk. And and I'll be honest with this guy, like, yo, you, you're not the governor of a Midwestern state. You're not the governor of some back country or anything like that. Like, you're a governor of Maryland for a lot of African-Americans. And, yo, you start putting people at risk. Like, this, these cities are a little more compact. You know, and the ones that are the most compact are the ones with the most black people in it. So it tells me that where you're getting your marching orders. And I, for one, and I'm so tired of having to do this. Well, we got to respect their side of their opinion. No, we don't. We got to stop doing that because not all opinions are good. Not all thoughts, ideas are good. You know, I can respect a good idea. I can accept a good opinion, but no, that what these guys are going, I'm not with all that. And um, and before I go, I will shout out you, uh, Black Republicans, who for years have um, teased, bashed, trash talked Black liberals for being sheep and just voting for Democrats because they promise you free stuff, and you're voting for a party that's outright calling your nigger to your face. You're voting for a party that has proven they don't care. Trump hasn't yet to make a big fuss, a big fuss about Herman Cain's passing. You know, he's yet to like he simply just stepped over the dude's body. You know, and they're paying his family to continue his Twitter account, which is morbid as shit. Um it's 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 tough for me to ask, or oh, you're being sheep. Like, well, it's not tough for me, but I'm wondering how much longer are you gonna ride this wave? Like, they don't care about you, and you're now officially everything that you accuse black liberals of. And yes, now is the time. Now is not the time to say we can have different opinions. No, we cannot have different opinions on this. At some point. In America, we're going to get to the point where you're either going to be on the right side or the wrong side. And that line between right and wrong is not that thin. Okay. If you're on the wrong side, you're not on the wrong side because of ignorance. You're on the wrong side because you simply don't care. Or you're on the wrong side because it benefits you. And that is the definition of a sellout. I want all you guys to take care of yourselves this weekend, do what this week. And I'll see you guys on Friday from the Ty Digger Show, signing off.